welcome, welcome. I'm glad to have you here with us today. So why don't we just start off and just get to know each other a little bit. So tell me about Meredith. Who are you? How'd you get started with teaching and all that good stuff? Oh my gosh. It feels like it was like so long ago. It's like 20 years ago at this point, just about on the dot. Yeah. (laughs) Meredith is saying, I never thought I'd be this old. So I just, I don't know, I always loved English class. I had an amazing AP literature teacher my senior year of high school. And I remember telling her, Mrs. Shannon, I said, I'm going to be a teacher just like you. And she looked at me and she said, why would you want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) But I I just loved English class. And I was just like, I want to be like you. And so now 20 years later, I definitely look in hindsight and go, oh, I know why Mrs. Shannon actually said that to me. Now I get it. I do get it. But still, (laughs) you know, still enjoy it. So I'm still um, teaching high school English and now also college dual credit English classes primarily. And this year also some more AP lits coming back in. So nice. Yeah. So I'm been around the I've been around for a while. Fantastic. <laughs> and my teacher was my senior English teacher. So shout out to Mrs. Curtis if you're listening. So oh, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, Mrs. Curtis, yeah. we love you. Yes. <laughs> Everyone needs to have that inspirational English teacher in high school. It's just I a agree. must. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very cool. So I read your blog post about chat. Love that because it's been weighing on my mind lately. Now I teach in the virtual classrooms these days, but I mean, we're starting to see some of it creep in there and I know it's got to be happening a lot for our classroom teachers. So, I mean, this is just a huge issue from what I'm hearing. Pairing it to like the advent of mm-hmm. calculators and right. the internet. So yeah, <laughs> what is your view on all that? <laughs> well, you know, I think the word that they use in the tech industry is disruptor, you know, and I think when you're in tech industry, that's a positive thing, right? You want to be a disruptor because that means you're really, you know, you're changing the way everything is done. And that, yeah. this is definitely disruption and absolutely going to change the way that we teach moving forward. And I already know, like from talking to other, you know, teacher friends and things that it's causing a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty and even just a lot of debate already about, you know, do we use it? Do we not use it? Do we ban it? Do we invite it to the classroom and work with it in the classroom and model it for students? Or, you know, exactly where do we draw the line in terms of what's acceptable and what's not? So no, it's definitely disruptor. It's happening for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I keep thinking back ever since I first heard that calculator analogy, I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, what did math teachers feel like when calculators first started really coming into existence? That must be kind of what we feel like now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, and, you know, I think the calculator is a great analogy. I think the internet's a great analogy. I think what it comes down to is really, and I've read a little bit about this, you know, in some articles online is just really figuring out and coming back to your expectations, your standards, your objectives, your goals. If the goal is to teach students how to add and subtract without a calculator, then maybe they don't use the calculator just yet, but maybe when they're in calculus, right, or something like that's far more advanced and 
clearly they're way above and beyond addition and subtraction. Maybe it's okay to use a calculator to help support yeah. the calculations and just go a little faster. So I think ChatGPT is going to be kind of similar to that, right? Just mm -hmm. really figuring out what are your goals? What are your objectives? What is it? If it's just to summarize something, ChatGPT is going to like nail that. Like it can summarize like nobody's business. So maybe <laughs> not use it for that, but for other things like brainstorming essay topics. So I think it really just depends on, yeah, you know, what those standards are and how we can use the technology. But just like a calculator, like you said, I love that. Yeah. And it's really building on what you said earlier. It's learning to walk before you can run. And then once you mm -hmm. have the basic skills, yeah, use it to run. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I can definitely see where there's room where students could take advantage of this nefarious things with it. So how do you see teachers combating that? Oh, that's the million dollar question right Isn't there. It? <laughs> that is the million dollar question. I mean, I, I don't have a million dollars to give you if you answer it. I mean, listen, <laughs> even if you did, I don't know if I could answer it like, you know, completely because there's so much to take into consideration. But I know, like, for example, you know, I heard with this GPT-4 version that, you know, has come out, like the newest working version of this thing. What did it do? Like it scored a high on an SAT test. It was able to like pass like the LSAT or something crazy. Like mm -hmm. it was able to pass all these AP exams just by itself. So, you know, it's very powerful and that can be really frightening. So, you know, in terms of, oh wow, in terms of combating that, <laughs> that kind of machine, you know, I know big districts out there, New York City's one, I think, I think Los Angeles is one of big districts out there are banning it, you know, in their uh -huh. schools on their computers. So that's one way, I guess, to find out is how your student, how your school is going to provide access to that or not for students through their, you know, if like your one-to-one -one school with the Chromebooks or something like that. If they have ways to block what students have access to, I don't even know if my school right. district's blocked it or not. Like, that's going to be my first question when we come back. Like, do they have ChatGPT? Can they get to BARD? Like, what do they have, you know, access to? Oh, my gosh. And that's mm -hmm. another thing. You mentioned BARD. There's so many different. If you block one, they're one coming right around the corner. Exactly. About before we do, let's be honest. So. <laughs> of course. Of I mean, course. I'm oh, my gosh. Of course. Yes. They are always just one step ahead of us. Those little smarties. Mm -hmm. But. <laughs> But I'm thinking mm -hmm. of like my own classrooms where I teach online and so many of my kids are so technologically advanced right now as it is that, right. oh my gosh, what do I do in this situation as well? And that's initially why I stumbled onto your blog article. Mm -hmm. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, what do I do with this? And the situation right. I was using it in, mm -hmm. we were in an SAT vocab prep class. And part right. of the class is I have them create their own example sentence using the vocab mm. word. Yeah. And I now started Chat getting these... going to do that for you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy, was it yeah. doing it for them. <laughs> so, and then I, I just have to sit back and think like, okay, well, are, are the demands still being met? You know, are they creating it themselves? No, no, they're not. So they're missing out on that component, but right. they are getting to see the word in a different use in context. So they're still getting part of it, but it's not quite sure. what I designed. So right. mm -hmm. maybe that's exactly. what we're going to have to look at is trying to go into it, knowing that this is going to happen and trying to redesign our lessons to hit on more of those higher order thinking skills instead of the lower orders. I think you're absolutely, yes, getting to the heart of this. It's going to cause us all to reassess 
the types of assignments we're giving and what our expectations are going to be. Because like you said, if it comes to summarizing anything or like giving an example, like you said, of a vocabulary word in a sentence, it can do that. Like those lower order thinking skills, it's got that. But where it's going to struggle is going to be with complex analytical thinking, you know? And so I know what, one of the things I want to do going into this year, especially since I'm teaching a couple sections of AP Lit again, is I want to have students experiment with it if we have access to it. I don't know yet, but I'd love for them <laughs> to type in an AP Lit essay prompt, put it in chat GBT, see what kind of essay it comes up w- with for you. I've played with it enough now to know that in terms of analysis, it is very limited, right? And it's right. usually what it does is it'll come up with maybe one sentence of commentary that's halfway decent for a quote that you ask it to put in there, right? So, but it takes already coming to the table with certain skills to be able to look at what it produces and then evaluate that and go, you know, I don't think this is that great of an essay. And here's why, you know, one, two, and three. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I experimented with it a little bit. I used to teach the great Gatsby back in the day. So I, uh-huh. like, well, everyone knows the green light. So let's throw that in there and see what it comes up with. Mm-hmm. And it was so surface level. So, I mean, like, yeah, it was technically correct, but it was just so bland. It was so just, there was no depth to it whatsoever. Right. And I even mm-hmm. tried playing around with it. Uh-huh. Like, well, can you make this, you know, can you dive deeper into the analysis? You know, trying to adjust those prompt requests. And it right. got a little bit better, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's not anything that I would be like, wow, look at say the student just turned in. I mean, it was just lacking that. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, where the debate is, you know, do we bring it into the classroom? Do we show this to students? Do we have them go through the process? Do we show them how to ask it questions to get more depth out of it or, you know, teach them to look at the data it gives us and then go in and value, evaluate that data. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like looking at Wikipedia, right? So I think in a lot of ways, ChatGPT is going to be like using Wikipedia. Like it gives you a place to start, but what it gives you may not always be reliable or credible. Certainly nothing that you should or would just copy and paste and turn in as an assignment, I would say. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first started teaching, I was in the seventh grade class and they didn't believe me about Wikipedia. So we went in there as a class mm-hmm. and we edited Justin Bieber's page to say something ridiculous. I don't even remember what it was, but the kids <laughs> were all just stunned and appalled because they were writing yeah. a research paper. This was going uh-huh. on. There was one student who was sick that day, just out mm-hmm. of the blue by chance, Justin Bieber as their top and quoted oh our incorrect information. It was the best <gasps> learning situation ever oh my goodness yeah that's incredible wow yeah so we always talked with wikipedia how you scroll to the bottom and you look at the sources Mm -hmm. where did it get its information from go to those types of places but you know if we do that with chat gtp there's been some situations where it is making up sources that don't exist so we can't even use it in that respect Mm -hmm. i agree with you and that's what i'm reading and hearing and seeing is that and I think that that maybe is something we should talk to our students about, that if you are going to use this technology, which, you know, they are, at least at home, I guarantee mm-hmm. it. So they need to be taught that and told that, that it does create information. It does create sources that don't exist. It is not going to be something that is accurate. And so you do have to double check that so you don't run that risk. I know when I've asked it to 
when I've been maybe put together a quick quiz or something and I'll, I'll go and I'll ask Bard, okay, I need a quote from this act and this scene from Romeo and Juliet. Let's just say, for example, it'll give me a quote, but it's not from act two, scene two. You know, it'll <laughs> say it is, but I'm like, no, that's from act four. That one I know yeah. for sure is not act two. So it, it <laughs> does get it wrong. Like it gets it wrong. And students need to know that. Yeah. And maybe that will improve a bit as we go through these new iterations of it. We're in four now, you know, what's five, six, seven, eight going to look like, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we just can't trust that trained eye to look at it. Yeah, we do. And kind of figure out how we're going to address it in terms of plagiarism. Like, are we going to counter this plagiarism? Yeah. Student uses it. I mean, it is, they claim that when it creates a piece of writing, it's, you know, it's de novo, like it's brand new. It's not another, you know, pre-existing text, right? So mm-hmm. it is, it is original, basically, as I'm saying, it's original, it's an original text. And so is that technically, is that, is that plagiarism? Is it not plagiarism? You know, how, are we, how do we cite it? How do we deal with that? There's a lot, of, like I have a lot of questions. Maybe not all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this plagiarism question so much as well, because mm-hmm. I mean, the student is the one inputting the prompt. And have you ever seen those artists where they have like there is a paintbrush or something that's hung mm-hmm. on a string above a piece of paper and the mm-hmm. artist pulls it back and lets it go. And it just kind of lets whatever it set in motion go. And then that's that artist's artwork. Is that a parallel uh, to what the students are doing with chat GTP? They are inputting the prompt and then that is theirs, but it's not, you know, <laughs> like right, struggle right. with that. I struggle with it too. I absolutely struggle with it too. And I think, you know, I definitely going to be, you know, seeking out how our school district and how our school is going to handle that in terms of policy. Mm -hmm. I would like to roll it into my plagiarism policy as well. It's just that, you know, if you're going to use it, you can't just copy and paste all of it and you will need to cite it just like you are citing any other source. But that being said, it may not be accurate and credible. So yes. So it's like, even if you, uh, do we outlaw it just like we do Wikipedia? Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. I'm going in a circle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Circle. And then <laughs> if we keep going down and down and down, then it right. brings up a whole other side of the discussion where, and if we don't train our mm-hmm. students how to use it, are we putting them at a disadvantage for when they go into the workforce or college? And this is being actively used in professions now. It is. It is. So, and it will yeah. continue to be. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the equivalent sure. of like not training them how to use a computer in today's day and age almost, or, you know, back in the day, not showing them how to use a calculator. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a tool they will need to know how to use correctly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think just bare basics of just checking in with students often, whatever they're working on, whatever they're going through the writing process. You know, we have a lot of writing workshop days in my classroom and I mm-hmm. have always a desk pulled up next to mine and if the seat's open, it's open. You're allowed to sit there and, you know, we'll have a conversation and we can ask questions about whatever you're working on or writing or whatever. And when I meet with students so frequently, I know what they're working on and I know mm-hmm. kind of what it's looking like and what it's sounding like. And I feel like just staying in touch and in contact with them through process of work, <clears throat> working on whatever assignment they're working on. It's going to help me combat that, I think, much right. easier. So like, that's interesting. Did you get that from ChatGPT? Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah. Where'd that sentence come from? Well, at once, just bar. kind of building that relationship yeah. with the student makes it to where they don't necessarily want to cheat as much. <laughs> 
but then sure. also, yeah, also going into that, I mean, if, oh no, I just lost my happens all the time these days of course it does yes yes teachers. it does, <laughs> it does. We, we have a million thoughts seconds. yes, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness oh here's where i was going with that uh, uh -huh. do you use chat gp in your classroom currently i did not use it at all in my classroom it came in so it's not even a year old right like we just got mm -hmm. this when in like right. november december i think january by the time i was really kind of like what is this thing you know hearing more yeah. about it so no, I didn't have my students use it at all. I think I was still just in this sort of discovery land of like trying to figure out what exactly this is and how exactly I can use it, you know, myself. Yeah. Um, certainly there's lots of benefits to us as teachers to have this technology. But then and I do now, want to talk about that in a second too. <laughs> yeah, like it really is. There really are some great things we can do for us. But I think now I'm in the place where, yes, going into this new school year is really where I'm going to have to address that. But what I really want to show students this year is I want to put juxtapose side by side, a human written essay, and the AI essay. And I want mm -hmm. them to look at comparing and contrasting, even maybe guessing like which one of the two was human, which one of the two was the oh, AI. Uh -huh. And come and up with have, a reasoning and a rationale. Absolutely. Because I think yes. they're going to find 10 out of 10 times the human wrote the better essay than the AI did. I think I know they're going to see that. So right. I want that to be part of their discovery process. And then I want them to come up with maybe some ways. Like, how can this help you? Knowing that it can't produce, you know, an essay that's going to meet my expectations in our course, how can you use it, right? How, so maybe let them come up with the ways and that can start the conversation. Yeah, just springboard it and give them some ownership in this decision too. I love that mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are some ways that they can use it that... I would probably allow in my class, if I have a struggling writer, especially who mm -hmm. is really having trouble getting started, you know, they could go to chat GTP and say like, give me five ideas for a short creative story or something like that and see if something fits. And maybe even taking it as far as, hey, can you do a short outline for that story? That way to work within, but helping them to know, you know, where to draw the line. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the struggle. And I think part of what it's hard for us as teachers sometimes is when a kid when a student does get away with cheating, like it can just really eat at us as teachers, because we're like, oh, it's just so morally wrong. You know, a student just they can't get away with it. And but I think, you know, it's important to maybe let go of some of that control a little bit. Yeah, you know, no, I'm not saying we don't check for cheating. I'm saying we do that, but not be so paranoid about it all the time. Like, it really comes down to the assignment. Was it like a little homework check grade, or was it like a major essay that they've been working on in class for the past month? You know, those right. are two different situations. And and if you it's know, a little assignment that you're not too worried about, if they cheat, is it really worth their time doing it and your time grading it? Well, there you go. And that's another great question right there. Yeah. And then is it worth their time doing it if they can't just get the answer right. from AI, right? If they don't have to generate the answer themselves. And so that comes back to, like you said at the beginning, like reevaluating our assignments and the questions that we're going to ask our students, how we're going to ask those questions and yeah, what's worth it and what's not. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see. I would really be interested to see some example outlines. I did one for a creative short story, like I just mentioned there. 
Mm -hmm. And I did it from the perspective of like a sixth grader or something like that. And it actually looked like a cute little story that it had, you know, set up the parameters That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy what it can do for creative writing. Like you can tell it, write a story about an orange cat in the style of Ernest Hemingway. It's like, and it will do it. And you're like, I can't believe this just knows what his style is like, you know? Or even like if you get stuck, you get writer's block or I mean, writers who are having to do research for their stories, Mm -hmm. they can just type it in there and get almost an immediate response of they can say, oh, what is the actual name of a hiker's backpack? Like if they're just in total brain freeze and it comes up, oh, it could be called a rucksack or, you know, whatever. I Mm -hmm. mean, that can be really helpful to them or they're stalling out on a name like be like this add in all their characteristics can you suggest a good protagonist name or something like that and see what it comes up with but oh, for sure yeah those are all great ways to to use it to yeah, just that would be really come up fun. with new ideas uh-huh i love that idea yeah. so using it more as the tool instead of the you know the servant that just brings you project <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. So this had me thinking about flipped classroom models because Mm. if we're going to be having students doing more writing in class, Mm -hmm. using chat GTP correctly and or just eliminating it and going old school paper and pencil, you know, maybe this will bring a resurgence of the flip classroom model. I know it was really big, like back in the day, and it kind of died out, mm-hmm. it's kind of back, it goes in waves. Do you think that it'll kind of come back again? You know, it's funny, the education, there's always some new trendy word, and yeah. it hangs around for a little while, and then it's like, oh, no, it's that's, gone. that's so yesterday. Now we're calling yeah. it, you know, <laughs> we're calling it multiple entry points. It's, it's yeah. longer, you know, or whatever the new thing. And you're like, really? Okay, but we're doing the same thing here. <laughs> so like, gonna, yeah, no, I think we're still going to be, you know, giving students work time in class. I know I do. I think it's important for them to have time to work in class. I think it's mm-hmm. important for them to be able to access each other as peers and then access us as the teacher when they're working through things. And so I think that just education has kind of grown more towards that in a way, I guess the flipped concept in general, although I, I actually still teach my lessons in class and then still have work time all together, all of it in class, I guess I don't really flip it much, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I think we're going to see us needing to be more engaged with our students' work process in order to gauge how they're going to use this AI and and hopefully dissuade them, you know, to use it for creating, like you said, the whole enchilada, the whole product right right at the end, but using it as a tool. And I think that's going to take working with us. Yeah. So I could see that kind of making a resurgence. I don't know about the word. I think the word yeah. classroom was like the dead word, you know, but pretty much yeah. the concept <laughs> is still there, you know, like whatever we want to call it next. <laughs> right, right. But it's just kind of take away from a lecturer, just a content deliverer into more of that coach role that I think is going to be vital. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. The guide on the side, right? That's the other exactly. So yeah, no, I think that's still the same. Yeah, I'm going to just real quick suggest we change gears because you mentioned earlier how teachers can use Chad GTP. So what ideas and what visions do you have for that? Oh, my goodness. It <laughs> is. Okay. So, <laughs> you know what? It's an awesome tool 
for coming up with answer keys sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, if I need to, and I don't want to sit down and take the time to write it out myself, I can throw it in there. I mean, I actually right now I'm preferring Bard over chat um, GPT, but I can ask it the question. It can give me an answer. It at least gives me a baseline, you know, for a quick answer key situation. I do also like using it for writing recommendation letters. I will say that. <laughs> I have used it. I mean, I tweak everything that it spits out, but it certainly comes up with some nice just sort of general statements that you can weave into a really good recommendation letter that you can further personalize. So uh-huh. and I, I think that's key too. Letters, like so, yeah. when you say that I use it, I was like, oh, gasp, but we're not letting our students use it. But then you follow right. it up with you are personalizing it. You're using mm-hmm. it almost like a rough draft. So I right. think that's going to be wonderful too. I mean, that brings up the whole other argument of, well, why are we allowed to use it and our students aren't? Which, if I were a student, I would be upset with that too. So I guess it goes back to building off of it. It does kind of go back to that question. I think that that's a fair point to make. I think the difference would be that I'm fully capable of writing that letter on my own. And I've written hundreds upon hundreds of them. So Mm -hmm. at this point, I have the skill, but it's like using the calculator, right? For in calculus class to do some quick multiplication or whatever for a problem. Right. You know, I think you really, yes, the kids can make the argument, but do they have the skill set already? I mean, that's my big question. You know, like, can you write that letter, a professional letter, make it sound like that without the technology, right? Before mm-hmm. you're able to go use it as a tool to support you. So it's a chicken and egg situation. Yeah. I guess. Well, it's back to walking before you run. Mm-hmm. You obviously know how to walk, so you can run. And then if you need to have some help, go for it. Right, right. But those core skills are there. Mm-hmm. Now, here are some Absolutely. interesting ways that I've heard of teachers using ChatGPT or other AI systems. One of them was creative center of the text. I did it with this a little bit myself mm-hmm. to create the choice board based on the multiple intelligences. And wow, it did. Wow, they were grouped by category. Like, honestly, if I was like using that for a classroom, I don't know that I'd have to make that many adjustments to run with it, and the kids would just have a blast with it. So, that's cool. Yeah, that could be really cool. Another way I saw was just creating rubrics. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm giving my students this prompt and just copy and paste it in. I'm wanting to focus on these skills. Can you create a, you know, 20, 50 point rubric or whatever? And it will create all of that leveled material for you. That's incredible. Yeah, these are things I hadn't even thought of, but I didn't even know it could do that. I mean, listen, it's going to change up everything that we do. I think it's, yes. you know, yeah. And a good way for us as teachers, for, I think the good side of this is what we're talking about. What you're saying is all the ways we can use it to save time. Yes. You know, like, yes. Can we make a choice board on our own? Of course we can, but you know, I got five minutes to put this together and I got to do something else. Right. So that's where it can step up and kind of be a, an aid for us. So that's yes. Great. And buying back some of that teacher time that is so valuable and so hard to sure. come by. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That leads into another question that I started thinking about. I heard about some teachers who were having students run their own essay through ChatGTP and asking for revision notes, almost like a pure mm-hmm. editor. Good idea. But then I started thinking, I wonder if teachers are going to start using this 
to provide feedback to their students instead of reading and grading the essays themselves. I could see where that would be a huge time saver, but you're missing out on so much. And it's, it could be AI grading AI at that point for all you know. It definitely could be. You know, I think, oh goodness, you know, yes, I think it can probably give really good feedback on grammar, editing, maybe telling you a sentence is too lengthy or something like that. But I think when it comes down, just based on what it can actually produce, which is Mm -hmm. not any kind of complex analysis in an essay draft, I don't know that I can see, it's not there to the point just yet that it can remove the human factor and provide the same feedback on the analysis that I can as a human. It can't quite do that just yet. But I mean, it it definitely makes me nervous to hear teachers would just rely on it. But I get it. I get it. Kind of want to push them beyond the basics that it comes up with, though, you know. so Right. And I think in this situation, all it would probably catch is like spelling and grammar, those type of more surface level things, not the depth and the breadth that we're looking for. And I've been trolling some Facebook groups lately, just looking for different options. But Mm -hmm. I did see one teacher, and they were obviously all up in arms about things, but they were convinced that due to AI, like ChatGTP and BARD and things like that, eventually writing teachers were going to be out of a job because it would not be a required skill. Just like none of us really know how to make butter these days. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think it'll ever come to that, but I mean, do you want to speak towards that a little bit? Oh gosh. Well, listen, I can say that I get it. I get it. And I have (laughs) seen in some chat groups and even in the high school English teacher Facebook group that I run, it, mm-hmm. people are r- really worried about it. And I want to acknowledge that kind of fear and that kind of worry. I don't think that technology can fully replace a human when it comes to writing just yet. So <laughs> we'll yet. see what next month brings, but <laughs> we'll see what next month brings. I guess as this machine gets smarter and smarter and smarter, but I don't think so. I don't see it doing, being able to bring the complexity that a human brings to it. So I don't know. I mean, just when I played with it, the things that are so surface level in terms of even the feedback it gives and just really, oh yeah, I can edit for you. I think that's great. Let it, you know, if you're really struggling with editing, maybe that can be a tool to use for that. I would still pick Grammarly. So <laughs> over <Yeah. laughs> ChatGPT or Bard for editing, because I think, you know, ChatGPT and Bard were not meant to be editors, right? But Grammarly is. So I would definitely mm-hmm. go towards that. But the ideas are where it's, I think it's going to really struggle, uh, you know, so. I acknowledge the fear and the anxiety around that. I just don't see that happening mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> in any yeah. recent time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have another thing I want to talk about too, but before we get off of this topic, I had a few other ideas that I had come up with of how teachers might be able to utilize AI to make their yeah, lives. What are those? Easier. Well, one of them was writing lesson plans based on certain standards. So if you see that there is a standard hole that you've got mm-hmm. to fill, you can go to chat GTP, type in the standards you want. You don't even have to type the whole thing in. You just type in like the little like common core shorthand of it and say kind of what you want to do with it and it'll create something. Is it rough? Yes. But is it a place to start? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I found that to be interesting. And some of the ideas that it came up with, I actually really enjoyed those. So it was kind of a little fresh point of view almost. Nice. And I can see that again as a time saver, like 
let's say you're a teacher at a school where you have to turn in lesson plans. Like those places still exist. Yep. Been and, there. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I've never actually had to do that, which is great. Oh my gosh, years in all places I've lived and taught, <laughs> but I know teachers have to do that. So yeah, the time saving thing too, where you're like, okay, you know, I need this in this template and this laid out this way so I can turn it in for that. You know, it's another time saving tool for sure. I think, but I yeah. love that idea. Yes. Yeah. And then going the other way too, I've had some teachers who came from teaching online and mm -hmm. then like more towards homeschool groups where they didn't necessarily worry too much about standards in particular to where they mm -hmm. had to go in to be worrying about which standards they were able to take their pre-existing lessons, copy and paste them into chat GTP and ask it which of the standards were being met. Again, I would caution that with, you know, looking at with a trained eye, but still it's a nice little time saver. It picks up on some of the keywords and things and is able to at least get you somewhere to start. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Let's see. I know some teachers that create their multiple choice tests based off of this. I tried it out with going back to the great Gatsby. I said, uh -huh. uh, create a 10... 10 question, multiple choice quiz over chapter five of the great Gatsby. That's literally okay. what I put in there. Uh -huh. And it gave me some questions and some answers and the answer keys. So that was pretty cool. Were they really in-depth questions? No, but it was no. yeah. more to start from, or mm -hmm. if you're like really in a pinch and you need something right now that could help. Yeah. Uh -huh. I've done a little bit. It's interesting. You said that I did a little bit out this year with a couple of quick reading checks where I had a mm -hmm. Generate some questions for me too. It definitely helped me, you know. And I use reading checks just as literally to check for reading. That's literally all it is. It's zero analysis. It's just all plot driven to hold them a yeah. little bit accountable for actually doing the reading. So yeah, no, it can rock out anything that has to do with summarizing or plot points or anything like that. So I'm a big fan of using it for those reasons. Yeah, absolutely. That seems like a great use for me for those reading checks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another one that I thought of, and I haven't tested this, but I've heard some teachers are using it this way. They will take an article or even a whole chapter of a book and mm -hmm. copy and paste it in there and ask it to rewrite it at certain Lexile ranges for particular oh, wow. differentiation. What a brilliant use. I mean, yeah. that is just fantastic. I'm going to try it. really cool. Yeah, yes. that's really, really cool. I wow. mean, being able to just mm -hmm. snap your fingers and boom, here it is at a lower Lexile. Here it is at a higher Lexile. Go for it. I'm just very excited by that one. <laughs> that's amazing, actually. I'm just yes. in the way. Like, yeah, yeah. never thought of that. What a cool <laughs> idea. Yeah. Just all the differentiation you can do with it, period, right? Just how you can ask oh, it yeah. to generate question, question stems or generate sentence stems or, you know, anything like that, you know, we would take our time to do on the side to help a student that it can just do on its own. So that's all really great. Exactly. And I think almost like with the students, you know, taking away those lower level questions for the students to make it to where they're focusing on the higher order thinking, mm -hmm. it kind of be doing the same thing for the teacher. It's taking away some of that grunt work so we can focus on what we're truly skilled in, which is helping them sure. learn. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's exactly right. That's our job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did want to hit one last topic here with you. Okay. AI checkers and how effective are they? I know you had mentioned this in your blog post, but do you want to speak towards your experiences with that so far? Well, so <laughs> I think 
there's a lot of different information out there in terms of how accurate the AI checking tools are. I know that, let's see, the big one is chat, GPT-0, I guess is what it is, GPT-0. Mm-hmm. So they claim that they have a 98% accuracy rate in terms of determining whether or not something was created with AI. Yeah, I'm calling bull on that one. Right, right. I'm like, that's <laughs> their claim. And then you look at other claims that say, mm, no, actually, it's more like, you know, maybe it's 80% accurate or it's 50% accurate. So I'm seeing like different numbers on that. And I've heard horror stories of people accidentally, teachers accidentally accusing students of using it because it popped up on GPT-0 as plagiarism or from AI and it actually wasn't. Um, And and that would be my worst nightmare right there. I never, ever want to accuse a student, a child of cheating on something if I was a hundred thousand percent certain. So, you know, and had all the proof and everything. You just shot relationship and everything that you have with that student would just be out the window. It's gone. And not to mention the parents are going to be on your case. Like, so I'm nervous about using it. I think it's, listen, in terms of like, what do we have to use? That is what we have to use. So Mm -hmm. I think it's another tool. I don't think that, I think I will tell students in advance that, hey, I'm going to be running your essays through this to check. So Mm -hmm. probably on an actual due date, I would probably have them run it through themselves if we have access to it. I don't know, but at home they yeah. can <laughs> and just make sure that nothing pops up on there mm-hmm. as being, you know, from AI. So I'm going to make sure they check. I think that's going to help just the whole situation in general. Cause if this right. pulls up and I I'll tell them, I'll tell them if something comes up on there that, you know, you wrote, but it says you did not write it bring it to me and let's look at it together. And uh-huh. that way, I, just communicate with me. Because if I go digging around and I find it, it's a whole different situation at that point, you know, so let's just all stay on top of it and be, you know, in communication about it. Right. But yeah, you know, it makes me nervous because it's not 100%. Yeah. So, well, I have to yeah. admit, I was playing with it and running some little experiments here. I okay. had chat GTP create, let's see, I did three different essays on three different books for three different grade levels. Okay. And for each one, I just took the first response that ChatGTP gave me and I ran it through, I don't remember exactly which names they were, but there were two or three of the AI checkers that I had found. Only one of them said that the first round of essays was possibly AI or probably AI. Okay. And then I went back to chat DTP on each of those essays. And I said, rewrite this in the tone of a seventh grader or the style of a seventh grader or the Mm -hmm. abilities, you know, things like that. Or Mm -hmm. can you add in these vocabulary words? Or can you make sure that you cite this? Because I've heard of some teachers that are trying to work around by saying they have to include certain vocabulary words or they have to include certain sources. Mm-hmm. It included those for me. And even just wow. on the second round of them, none mm-hmm. of the trackers picked up that it was AI created, which was a little scary. <laughs> that is scary. That is very scary. Yeah. yeah. And I, in fact, students are going to get away with cheating with this. <laughs> we can't yeah. catch them all. I think that's yeah. like what I was trying to say before was that's so hard to accept as a teacher but we can only do what we can do, you know, and, and all mm-hmm. things as a teacher. And I think this is a part of that. Yeah. Somebody's going to probably get away with something that they shouldn't, but it yes. won't happen 
forever and it won't happen all the time for them, you know? So yeah, it'll catch up to them. We don't way. let the ones who are cheating get away with it while blaming the kids who actually did it. And then everything right. just implodes. We'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Just awful. But I think it all goes back to what we were talking about earlier about bringing them in on the discussion, showing them the limitations and letting them discover the limitations within the bubble of our classroom where we can guide them and show them, you know, what mm-hmm. it's good at and what it's not so good at how you mm-hmm. can use it but where not to use it i think that's going to be the key yeah i agree i agree and again that's going to come right down to a person's district and school and their policies because some places are saying absolutely not not allowed outlawed blocked all of it shut down and then other places mm-hmm. are like no we're bringing it into our curriculum right so we're like on both sides of the fence exactly with this technology so it's tough yeah it's a crazy world we live in, but we just try to get through it one step at a time, huh? <laughs> we do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, are there any other closing thoughts you have, Meredith? No, not that I can think of. I left our conversation and the uh, new ideas that you shared with ways we can use it. So I yeah, think we should. I'm excited yeah. and I appreciate all of your insights. That was fantastic. And let me know if you think of anything else and I'll do the same for you. All right. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye, Meredith. Bye.